0: G'day, I'm Barry Green. Thanks for joining me on Conversations. I met my next guest at a Wadandi fire management event in Busselton in June in 2021, Zach Webb. Good day, Zach.
1: Oh, hi. How's it going?
0: Really good. Now, it's been a fascinating day listening to you and, uh, and talk about fire, but so much more than that is the, the Aboriginal culture and uh, management of c- country and, and fire. I can just quote from the, uh, the flyer about the event. This was words from your dad, Dr Wayne Webb, and I, I quote, Today, Aboriginal wisdom is needed more than ever. It's up to all of us to listen to the land, understand the connection to country, and that we have to realise how urgent it is to work together to make better decisions on how we can create that balance, ensuring sustainability for generations to come. In order to protect and preserve the beauty of Bodja. Now, in recent events, there have been some fairly major fires lit by the government that are fairly contentious. Um, Tell us uh, your take on fire and country.
1: Well, fire for our people, we wange and we talk and we say for the word for fire is called kara, and kara for us is very important. She is a tools and a mean of culture, of dance, of ceremony, um, just a way of life, basically. It's a a necessity for our people um, of coming together for ceremony and dance, but also, yeah, preparing medicines. Our yogas, our women that have our bush bakeries, uh, the men that cook larger games such as Yonga, kangaroo, and wake the emu. Um, So fire for us is very, very important, but it must be adhered to at the right time during season um during the right time when country what we say wangi, when the country begins to talk. this is playing on a tourist radio
0: format and uh, tourism does have a place to play because if we want to continue to bring people to the southwest of western Australia, it's the natural beauty and unique uh, biodiversity area of the area that's so attractive and uh, if we don't look after that then we are going to destroy that the economic value of, of tourism. And uh, in another life, I'm involved in organic or what's increasingly being referred to as regenerative agriculture, which is a grassroots movement. And I like to think that uh, what Aboriginal people are bringing to tourism is a, is a form of regenerative tourism.
1: Yes, I guess that's what it is. We're out here, um, all of our mort- our families are here trying to teach the general public and everyone about the importance about country, the importance about all of us um, being intrinsically tied to country, um, to different kinships, and what our resp- roles and responsibilities as people are to the country and to the animals. So... It's a something that uh, we like to share and to pass on to people, to show them their connectivity and their connection to country as well and how collectively we can work together to make sure that we do the best um, things for country.
0: And I guess uh, within the, the economic model we work within, uh, government departments have got KPIs, but so often they KP the wrong eye. And uh, I guess it's a matter of having the knowledge to know uh, the the implications of these fire actions?
1: Yes, well that's what we're trying to do with some of these workshops is actually try to um, pass on that cardigan or that knowledge and, and also um, bring awareness to um, the departments and other people who have uh, have a vested interest in, in the country, um, and about that uh, ecotourism, um, it's about teaching people um, from the departments when our people burnt, why they burnt, what were the reasonings behind it, and um also uh, what is that um, intrinsicness, then that tie that we all have um, to country.
0: It is the scale of things, isn't it? Uh, you know, we've I've come to the view that uh, there's two competing ideologies in the world between economies of scale and stability through diversity and uh, we've been led very much down the economies of scale where everything's done on huge bases and it's fundamentally becoming unstable and I think COVID's really brought that to the attention of peoples of the world. Uh, All this superiority complex that we have is completely unfounded and we've got to operate within natural ecosystems.
1: Yes, I totally agree. And then I guess that's what we're trying to do is exactly show people where we sit as human beings in that ecosystem. Um, What is that as our roles and responsibilities um, to make sure that we ensure future generations have the same opportunities that we had that everyone has the chance to go down and and swim in a fresh r- river um go in the ocean and catch food um and basically um live off the land and live off what what our mother country what she provides for us all in your talk you talk, you said specifically about
0: how people from different areas have responsibility for that area and so uh, you, if you're not from another area you can't uh teach uh, the aboriginal teachings of that area but it but it also applies to, to white fellows and we've got a farm at Donnybrook and you know so we have to make decisions around that and I guess that's when it becomes so important that decisions are made on a local basis with people who are connected with the country whether they're black or white rather than decisions being made in some office in Perth.
1: That's exactly right it's all about getting people who are observing country, who are seeing country, living on country such as yourselves, to actually be able to pass on or transition some of this cultural knowledge and transition it to yourself and and the wider community so that they can get a deeper understanding of uh, what their kinship what their connection is to that area and then um yeah how they can look after it so basically many hands will make light work that you don't have to be an indigenous person to be connected to the country or the kinship law system it's about um looking in your backyard feeling it listening to um taking the time to listen to country as she talks, t- listening to the wind, the direction of that, where the animals, what kind of um, birds and animals are coming out at the time. Um, and, yeah, just just knowing uh, where we sit within that area, that basically that we... No, none of us, Aboriginal people, um, non-Indigenous people, no one owns the land. The land always owns us as human people and as human beings. And we, all we are here to do is to do something that we we're always born to do as people, which is look after the land, and in return, the land she will look after us. I'm sure that's the case physically
0: and mentally, and at the moment there's lots of talk about mental health issues. And, and at the same time, there's also talk about a nature deficit disorder where people are disconnected from uh, from the natural world and uh, so I think tourism has a big place to play in that in in connecting people with the the real world
1: oh for sure exactly tourism has a has a place to connect people back to country connect them back to that environment that they may um, be longing for um, may have lost it um, unintentionally not knowing um, not knowing that yeah so definitely.
0: The fire workshops were organised by the Underlap Association. Um, anybody who's interested in learning more about your culture, how should they go about doing that?
1: Uh, you can uh, jump on the website um, at www.underlap.com or we also have a Facebook page um, that you could follow as well um, for any upcoming events.
0: Great, Zach. We'll certainly on our tourist radio website, touristradio.com.au forward slash uh, we've got a link to the underlap association it's where the association's based and uh, this is what i love about the internet it's providing us free exchange of ideas and information and uh, and it's something that's never existed before in the history of mankind because information's always been controlled by the kings and queens and and rupert murdoch but we're moving on from that
1: yeah, that's it. It's about coming together as a community and collectively, if we all, all get out there and we all um, look after country, pass on cultural knowledge, and try to um, sustain some of the areas, um, basically it'll be a better future for our Kurangas for all of our children, because we've got to remember that the Kurangas, the children, are the future generation. They will be our future leaders. Um, and for us as Aboriginal people, we're told that when we receive Buyara, the country, we must hand it off to Kualanga, to the children, in a better condition in which we received it. And I think by sharing this knowledge and um, getting everybody um, connected back to country, this is the way forward. And this is the way forward through ecotourism by connecting people back. Um, It'll help with a lot of, like we were saying before, mental health problems, issues. I know myself just getting out on country, getting down by the beach, listening to the roar of the ocean as it starts to um, roar. It's just amazing. Then laying on the ground and feeling that um, that Murray that magic, that energy coming through you that country provides that's that's priceless. You you can't put a price tag on that.
0: Well, thanks so, so much, Zach. Uh, you're an inspiration, and it was amazing today, watching um, mostly farmers or and and landholders listening and hanging off every word you had to say. So thank you so much.
1: Ah oh, thanks thanks for having me along and thanks for um yeah for everyone coming along to the workshop today. Uh, I just like to say boyara, which is we'll see you next time on country. In our language there's never a true goodbye because we'll meet in this form or a spirit form or whether we're reborn into country being a boyar rock or a burna tree, um, we'll see each other again. So we say Thanks so much, Zach.
0: I've been talking to Zach Webb from the Underlap Association on Conversations on Radio WA as we tell the stories of people and places in Western Australia. To hear this conversation and conversations with other innovators in Western Australia, go to touristradio.com.au forward slash conversations.